Hello, and welcome to episode one of the I Am podcast with me, your host, Jacqueline. Thank you so, so much for listening to this. This has been my absolute dream for years and years to start a podcast about mental health and addiction, break down the stigma, kind of talk about it, raise awareness, do all the things mental health and addiction, and I've just really had a gut feeling to do it, so here I am doing the thing. So just like I kind of alluded to, this whole podcast is going to talk about mental health and addiction. My goal is to obviously raise awareness, but also to work towards breaking down the stigma that's attached with it, learning that if you do struggle with mental health or addiction, or you know somebody that does as well, that they are not alone or that you are not alone. Absolutely never alone. I also want to give some information about triggers, tips, some tricks, tactics, and techniques in how to work with your mental health and addiction in healthy ways and also to provide some resources and again just like what I said to know that you're not alone. I'm going to be super open and honest and share my story actually in this episode and future episodes will feature those who also are struggling with various forms of mental health or addiction and will share kind of their story and any tips and tricks that they have, as well as other guests will be more professional type with their professional work experience or agencies that they're connected with as well. So it's kind of all over, but it's all about mental health and addiction, so welcome. I also wanted to give a trigger warning. I will try to put a trigger warning at the beginning of every episode, just because you never know who struggles with what, and I want to respect that, so... Hey, heads up, trigger warning. And also, another heads up, I am going to be as real and as raw and as authentic as I can be, but in saying that I'm going to be those three things, it's also important to know that this podcast, any episode, not going to be censored. It's also probably not going to be edited because that's not real and raw, so... If you don't like that, sorry, not sorry, but that's part of who I am and that's how we're going to be rolling. So I think it's also important to note too that mental health, everybody has mental health. It just, it's a matter of a whole bunch of factors that kind of make up your mental health. And mental health also includes your emotional, your psychological, and your social well-being. It's not just your mental kind of state. Mental health in general, it... It affects how we think, how we feel, how we act, how we present ourselves. Just your overall everything is mental health, whether we believe it or not. And there's a lot of things that kind of work towards your mental health. So there's a lot of biological factors in your family history, but also life experiences that can lead someone to be struggling with mental health or to have a quote-unquote, optimal mental health state. So I think that's also important to note that just because you don't necessarily have a disorder or you're not formally diagnosed doesn't mean that you may not be struggling because everybody, again, has mental health. So I think that's the big takeaway from this one right now. But I'm also going to just dive right into my story. Um, The purpose of me saying my story is, one, reminding you that I may look like I have it all together on the outside, but I absolutely do not. And two, that it kind of ebbs and flows. 
Uh, some days I'm really good, some days I'm not. Some years I'm good, some years I'm not. It's it's all over the place, really. And also just to break down the stigma as I'm a professional in the mental health field. And yeah, I struggle too, okay? It's a thing, and it's fine. So, again, trigger warning, but here's my story. So, two years ago when I left a five-year relationship or almost five-year relationship. I guess we didn't quite hit that five-year mark, but when I had left it, I just felt like the relationship wasn't serving me anymore. I felt like we had grown apart, and we just were not driving. I was not happy, and we just couldn't figure it out, so I ended up leaving. But in doing so, I thought, you know, I would just become happy again, and that's not how happiness works, and that's not how mental health works either. So, In saying that I left this relationship, I basically did everything I could to find myself. I felt like I was trying to be a person that I was expected to be and not who I was actually wanting to be or who I felt I was. So I did everything I could in my power to find myself again. That included, uh, you know, like going to British Columbia with one of my best friends and her family to breathe, to think, to kind of decide, is this really what I want? Do I want to be single? Do I want to be with him? What do I want? I also deleted a whole bunch of friends and family from my life, both, you know, physically and also just on social media. I went MIA for days and weeks and didn't talk to people, and then I'd come back and I would cling to the friends and the family that I was comfortable talking to at that time. I really went into fitness. I got halfway through 70 hard, 75 hard, which is the, it's a fitness challenge, so look it up if you're interested, but then when I got halfway through, I just sunk into a really deep depression, which this portion of my story is not to shit talk him at all. I wish him nothing but the best, but this is just my reality, and this is how I perceived all of the things that happened, so this is part of the story, and as such, I'm going to say it. So in saying that I went through a big, deep depression after leaving him, there's a lot of tears, there's a lot of screaming, there's a lot of me walking, a lot of music, a lot of ignoring people, just anything I could do that I thought would help at the time, which kind of sort of helped, but that's a story for another time. So then eventually I just felt this inner pull, which sounds kind of woo-woo, but I felt this inner pull and I just realized that I needed to do what I needed to do and then if we weren't meant to be together then it would happen and if we weren't then the world would keep us apart and it was kind of out of my control at that point and I guess I came to the realization that I would be okay either way although I didn't feel that like that at that time but that's fine but then as I was thinking more about my story I realized that my mental health struggles actually started when I was quite young So way before this relationship was even a thing, I remember as a child, so going back to like being seven or eight years old, I remember always thinking that I was different and feeling like I was different than everybody. I was always categorized as the shy, awkward, quiet kid, but really I felt like I was just different. I thought the shyness was not necessarily me being shy, but me being nervous, me being socially awkward was me constantly questioning and wondering what they were thinking of me, what they were saying of me. Did they like me? Are they just saying they like me? Did they actually want to hang out with me? Did they hate my clothes? Like all of these things 
sounds crazy and ridiculous, and it probably was for an eight-year-old back then, but now in our world, unfortunately, that's kind of the, the norm, and it sucks. It sucks. But as that kid, I also realized that I cried really easily. Somebody would look at me the wrong way. Somebody would say one thing. I would just get triggered. I would cry and cry and cry and cry. It was so easy to get me to cry, and once I started, I just didn't stop. I also realized, looking back on my childhood, that I felt emotions very deeply, and when I felt them deeply, it lasted quite a while. It wasn't just a, oh, I'm sad, and, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm, I'm fine. It was more like days later than I felt kind of coming out of it. I also realized that I was able to pick up and learn and feel how others felt. And still to this day, I am very em empathetic, I believe is the word. Again, real and raw, right? But I can really feel and relate to how people are feeling. And sometimes it sucks and sometimes it's really good. But in saying that, I always struggle to concentrate just in general. I always wanted to be perfect. I struggled with my body image. I struggled with my self-esteem. And also part of that struggle was because I was bullied quite often, unfortunately. Um, I was also compared, though, which equally sucked. I was torn down about my appearance, about my personality, about my likes, my hobbies, you name it. But then I was also built back up to what others wanted me to be or how I perceive it now to be what I thought they wanted me to be. I was used and taken advantage of in grade nine. I... I'm not at a place in my healing for that part yet to be able to say more information, so I'm just going to leave that for interpretation. But I'm sure whatever you're thinking is probably pretty accurate. And then growing up, I was also the child of a divorce, which was messy on its own, but then also just tore the family completely apart. I had a father and a mother who blamed each other for whatever happened, and every time I would go to my dad's house, he would talk shit about my mom. And every time I went to my mom, she would talk shit about him. So they were trying to pin me against each other. And so in saying that, I grew up resenting and blaming them for a lot of things, especially why they weren't together and why I was unhappy and kind of taking on their, their problems, their concerns, when it should have been between them and it was between the rest of us and the kids and the whole family so that was something I really, really held on to. I also grew, grew up just seeing people super unhappy. And again, with me being empathetic, I took that upon myself and I felt it deeply and it just kind of lingered inside of me even now. I also saw people die. I saw tons of breakups. I saw tons of fights verbally, physically, you name it. Saw tons of arguments. I also saw what alcohol and drugs do to a family, which, side note, not a good thing. I also saw and I heard abuse, again, physical, mental, you name it, I heard it, I saw it. And with all of these things that I saw and I witnessed, they've, they've stuck with me. There's a lot of things that I heard back in my childhood, back in my earlier days that just, they stick with me and even to this day they kind of pop up to the forefront every now and then, which is something that I am working on, of course, but it's not as simple as just you know, pushing the thoughts aside. It's not how that works. So with all of the stuff that I witnessed and experienced, I gained a lot of 
habits and unfortunately a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms as one probably would doing doing this type of life and going through all these things. Uh, a couple of the habits that I gained, uh, one of them was saying yes a lot and still to this day I am a yes man. You ask me and I'm going to say yes. I'm working on it. Another one is people pleasing. I will do historically anyways, working on that as well now, but I would do whatever it took to people please. So making sure that they were happy before I was happy because again, I always took things personally and internalized it and if they were happy then I was happy and if they were unhappy it was something I did. Awful coping mechanism but it got me through. I was also used to being the punching bag, not physically thankfully, and then I got used to just eventually staying silent and putting others first. I got to the point where I would talk, I would say my thoughts, I would say my opinions, I would say what was bugging me and it just got pushed to the side so I eventually just learned, you know what? don't say anything and put them first and then deal with yourself later. And unfortunately, that's kind of where I'm at now is learning to not stay silent, learning to say what I think, what I feel regardless. And that scares the shit out of me. But again, work in progress. So with all of these coping mechanisms, super, super unhealthy, and these habits, they obviously continued throughout my life because I didn't do anything at that point to work through them to to kind of limit or reduce what I was doing. So when I got into high school, I spiraled. I absolutely spiraled. And I know some of you listening to this, bless your beautiful souls, you were there through my struggles of high school. And some of you, bless your souls even more, were the ones that helped me through it and were the ones that got me the help. But when I was 14, I was clinically diagnosed with anorexia, depression, and anxiety. So not only was I trying to learn the whole world of hormones and boys and high school and doing things on my own and not having teachers handing me notes and catching with catching up with me to try to find the papers and all of that, I was then trying to learn what it meant to have anorexia, depression, and anxiety. My doctor, she is very much a pill She is very much a pill pusher, and in saying that, she obviously prescribed me medication. The medication I'm grateful for in hindsight because she took the first step in my treatment program to do the medication, which led to all the other treatments, but unfortunately, and little would she know, that the side effects of the medication was suicidal ideation, which is what I did end up experiencing which led to self-harm, and eventually that did lead me into therapy, and in therapy I was able to talk through lots of things and all the things that have happened, but without my, my doctor giving me the medication, that wouldn't be possible. The only benefit to therapy was that I was actually learning about myself and learning why I was the way I was and why I turned to self-harm. So despite self-harm not being a good thing, it kind of forced me to have to talk about things, which obviously was beneficial. So in between all of this, I was bouncing between medications and doctors and professionals and quotes again and therapists. So I was kind of on the up and up. I was, I was improving. I was learning more about myself. I was getting there. Definitely not perfect, but I was getting there. Then grade 12 hit me like a ton of bricks. I realized 
when I was thinking of creating this podcast, I realized that grade 12 was probably my worst year. And I was also reflecting on the part of me in grade 12 that was trying to decide what I wanted to do for the rest of my life because apparently at 18, you're supposed to know that. So I remember going to the different workshops and different colleges and different universities trying to figure out the programs they offered and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do and all of that. But then the one thing that struck me when I was thinking of this again, and it blew my mind because, again, years of therapy allowed me to remember this. But I remember thinking that every time, every time somebody asked me what my future plans were after, after high school, I always remember saying I don't know. And believe me, it's not because I didn't know. It's because I just didn't think I was going to be here past the age of 18. I had plans to end it all by the age of 18 and not have to deal with being an adult and continuing feeling and thinking the way I was thinking and feeling. And also in grade 12, one of my best friends was murdered. I'm sure most of you listening also are aware of that, so I'm not going to go into detail. But then, obviously, my life turned upside down quite significantly. I searched for her. I searched for life. I searched for joy. I searched for happiness. I searched for any feeling I could think of or want to feel good or bad. I just wanted to feel something. And I searched and I searched and I searched. And eventually I found that at the bottom of alcohol bottles because I began to have a little bit of an issue with alcohol because that was my coping. And then eventually, of course, with the help of friends, shout out to those that know that it's you, and also family, but shout out to those that were helpful in that aspect because I eventually started medication and therapy again. Fast forward a couple more years, I graduated university and I am now working in the field of mental health and addiction as a housing stability worker. I work with very, very vulnerable people. So a lot of them are homeless, have addiction, mental health, emotional regulation concerns, all kinds of things. And it's really, really pushed me to share my story of mental health in doing the work that I do, but also seeing the world and the state that the world is in. We just need to talk about mental health need to talk about mental health, raise awareness, know that it's normal to struggle, know that it's normal to suffer, and know that there's help and you're not alone. And I never would have thought that that would be the case, but here I am, trying to do the math in my head here, like almost nine years later, thinking from the point that I didn't want to be here anymore, thinking that, you know what, life isn't that bad. It really isn't that bad. So, moving forward, all of these episodes are going to focus on either more of my story, more of my tips and tricks and techniques on how I got through all of the things I got through and I'm working on still, or they're going to be about various different guests who are sharing their stories, or maybe their friends' stories, or their family stories, or somebody that they know their story trying to get the word out about mental health to raise awareness, reduce that stigma, and just generally remind people that you are not alone. And to know 
that this podcast is going to be the voice that helps you. It is going to be the one that reminds you that you can speak. You can talk. Talk about the things that are struggling right now. Talk about the things that you need to talk about. And if there's nobody else for you to talk about, I am always here. I promise to be the voice for those that are voiceless or those that feel that their voices aren't heard. That was a big vision of mine and also starting this podcast. So here we are, guys. Let's do this. Thank you for listening to episode one. Stay tuned for episode two. Until then, lots of love and peace coming at you.